Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 480th episode of Travel It's Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travel It's Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And tonight, we head to Boston, one of my favorite cities, to talk with John Murtha, General Manager of the Omni Parker House the longest continuously operating hotel in the United States. Welcome, John, to Travelage Radio. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And, John, you're general manager of the Parker House, a Boston tradition since 1866. Please tell us about your property, especially its size and location. Uh, absolutely. The first thing I'd like to mention is actually we, dated, we opened on October 8th of 1855. So about 11 oh, years okay. earlier than that, we are <clears throat> the hotel has grown in size over the years. Some elements of it have been raised over time, uh, replaced with new construction. <clears throat> Most of the property right now uh, was built between 19, 1925 and 1927, although there was a section in the back that remained open during that period. Hence, we can still claim to be longest continuously operated hotel in the United States. And we are literally uh, in the middle of downtown Boston. And it's, I think that location, coupled with our history, that does make us uh, special uh, in our region. And the Omni Parker House is one of a half dozen members of the Historic Hotels of America in Boston. I know that means it must be at least 50 years old and meets certain standards. Could you tell us a little more? Yeah, I mean, the primary uh, factor for Historic Hotels of America is that the building that houses the property must be at least 50 years old. So uh, not every hotel in Historic Hotels of America is going to be as old as we are, but there are some properties like the Omni Homestead in Virginia that, that date back into the late 1700s. Then you have more new properties like the Omni in San Francisco that originally was a bank building, uh, but was converted to a, ho a hotel somewhere around 25 years ago. Oh, wow. And how long have you been GM at the Parker House, and where were you before that? So I've been at the Parker House almost exactly 15 years, uh, 15 years and one month. Uh, prior mm -hmm. to that, I was at another smaller property not too far from the Parker House, but 
before joining Omni, I spent the bulk of my career with Sinesta Hotels Corporation, and in that role managed both city center hotels and resort hotels here in New England and also uh, in the Caribbean and as far east as Bermuda before returning home to Boston, which is where I'm from. Ah, and you sit on the advisory board for Historic Hotels of America, right? Does that yeah. mean you're one of the people who says yay or nay when a hotel applies for membership? You know, I've been I've been a board member for three years now and been to a few board me- uh, meetings, and that's never come before the board. I think really? that the qualifications are pretty strict, and Larry Horowitz and the, the team at HHA do a really good job of making sure that everybody qualifies. But no, I have not had to pass judgment on anyone, thankfully. <laughs> We're talking with John Murtha, General Manager of the Omni Parker House in Boston. John, Omni Parker House has not only hosted every U.S. president since Ulysses S. Grant, but was so special to John F. Kennedy that he made his first public speech there, held his bachelor party there, announced his candidacy for the Senate there, and even proposed to Jacqueline Bouvier there. What did I leave out? Well, you, you got all the points. You hit all the main points about uh, the Kennedy family association with the Parker House. Uh, John F. Kennedy's grandfather was the mayor of Boston, and that mm-hmm. offered him the opportunity for his first pub- public speech at his grandfather's birthday. And then, yes, uh, we have a, a table, table 40 in Parker's restaurant, which is where he proposed to Jackie, uh, and people, people are aware of that tradition, and uh, more often than you would think, uh, they want to propose there. So uh, we'll call up and say, look, and I'm proposing to my fiancé on Saturday night, and I would love to have that table, and we do everything we possibly can to help them achieve that. Uh, he also, uh, we have a, a function space on the second floor in the mezzanine called the press room, which is still empaneled in all this lovely wood that was there when the when the property was uh, newly constructed in 27, and that's where he announced his first run for Congress and also had his bachelor's party, and that could have been pretty interesting. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> and speaking of political figures, is it fair to say that the last hurrah is Boston's most famous political bar and pub? Yeah, I think so, and... You know, I, I'm sure people would argue that, but we are literally two blocks from the top of Beacon Hill, which is where you find the State House, the uh, Massachusetts State House. So, uh, literally, we're like a five-minute walk. Uh, we do host a lot of political functions these days, and the last hurrah is prominent in on our first level off the main lobby, uh, with windows on Tremont Street and School Street. So, uh, and and we have filled it with photographs, all of a political nature, going back into the 1800s. Wow, how fun. Now, what do current guests expect when staying at a historic hotel or resort? Uh, So that's a very interesting question because it it involves a couple of dynamics. Uh, Obviously, they expect to see something historic in the property. They probably expect it to be older. It's not going to be, you know, brand new and all flashy and all of that, uh, mm. they probably expect that it's going to be, you know, something that they can relate to. And I think we appeal best to people who do, who have an interest in history uh, mm. and do some research about the property before they come. 
we have a gallery on our, lo local, on our lower level uh, filled with artifacts, photographs, uh, imprints of the property going all the way back into the 1800s. And uh, we find that you know, people who have done their research will go down there and, and see everything. Oh, wow. It's a simple fact that they are historic enough to satisfy most guests? Absolutely not. Because really? Yes, it's, it's fine to have the history, and it's fine to be located centrally where you can see everything like we are. But I have to say, guests still expect they want Wi-Fi, they mm. want a variety of food and beverage offerings, they want to be able to park their car easily, they want a, a, a quick check-in and check-out. They want a massive TV in their room, yeah. and they want to be able to, <clears throat> and they and they would ideally also like to cast items off their devices onto that TV. So even though we're historic and we and we certainly have that vibe, travelers don't want to sacrifice modern conveniences simply in a historic property. I found mm -hmm. an article years ago that basically set that out, that even though guests may love the, the historic nature of a property, they still want all the, all the modern conveniences. That article was published in the Boston Globe in 1902. Nothing what? has changed. <laughs> so That's would great. You, would, you say, would you say historic hotels appeal to everyone, and, and, or, or should they? No, they definitely do not appeal to everyone, and I can tell you why. You know, we receive guest comments on a daily basis from people who have just checked out, and, I, and we also monitor all of the social media sites. And I frequently see comments about, you know, it was perfectly located, but I, you know, it's, not my, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my style. Oftentimes, these are, these are folks who may have come there as part of a group, so they had to come to us. It wasn't necessarily their choice, but they, and, they, and, they, and they let us know, and that's fine. Uh, I would rather have I would rather do my damnedest to have me have us be the best historic property in Boston, uh, and appeal to that that niche customer than try to be everything for everyone. Hmm. Okay, so what are some of the challenges for you in managing a historic type of property? Um, so I the the biggest problems are are mechanical in nature. You know, elevators age. Air handling systems and HVAC systems age. And they all need to be replaced. And that's an expensive proposition. But in order to maintain healthy conditions and everything working, you just have to focus on these things. We provide for that in our, in our annual budgets. Uh, it's not like a brand-new hotel where maybe everything's going to be working perfectly for 15 or 20 years. Uh, you know, we have, to, we have to keep after everything in our property uh, in order to have it be comfortable. That makes sense. And what can hotel management do to capitalize on the historic nature of a hotel or resort? Uh, I think it comes to market positioning. I think if you really have a, an authentically historic property, you have to feature that. That has to be a, a main point in what your message is to prospective guests. Our, we have three main points that we, that we highlight. The first one, honestly, is our location in the middle of downtown Boston. It, it, you know, if, if you want to be in the center of everything, we're one of the few choices you can, you can make. Next, we focus on the history because that, help, that helps people to qualify whether or not we're going to be a good fit for them. And the third thing that we're very proud of is our long-tenured, 
very stable and very friendly team of associates. They're great. Mm. I often hear comments like, this was an amazing staff. They made my, made my stay. And these may be from, coming from people who really didn't even know what they were getting into when they booked the Parker House. Good to hear. And by the way, since we mentioned history and all that, and since your hotel is so old, Halloween is upcoming, and you said off mic that you yourself may not believe in ghosts, but what about your hotel? Do, do guests report anything there? They do. We see comments that, you know, they were awoken in the night by something, they felt something, they saw something. There are, you know, strangely enough, and I don't know if this is coincidence or not, there seem to be certain floors that people comment on more frequently than others, like the third floor or the tenth floor. I have no idea if anything ever happened on those floors. I have no proof that they did, but we hear from those from guests who have been staying in rooms on those floors more often than other floors. Hmm. Must be reason for that, John. We're talking with John Murtha, general manager <laughs> of the Omni Parker House in downtown Boston. John, you know, talking, getting back to the Parker House rich historic legacy, wasn't Boston cream pie? the official dessert of the state of Massachusetts, created there? Yes, and we're very proud of it. Uh, we still make it today. Uh, it is one of the most popular items at the hotel. And as a matter of fact, uh, on Sunday, October 23rd, uh, that is National Boston Cream Pie Day. We will ah. be celebrating it on the 21st uh, tomorrow. We will be giving away... Uh, Boston cream pie in our lobby to anyone who comes by. And over the weekend, if you if you come and dine with us in one of our outlets, you will receive a free slice of Boston cream pie. We, we're we kind of touting it a lot this year, and it's been picked up on all sorts of social media, and we're getting lots of hits. It's a lot of fun, and, you know, it's one of my personal favorites, and, and you're right. We actually, the Boston cream pie actually beat out uh, Toll House cookies, chocolate chip cookies, uh, years ago uh, to become the Commonwealth's state dessert. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and what about Parker House Rolls? Weren't they another culinary invention at the Omni also, Parker House? Also, also uh, created at the Parker House. Both items, we believe, came about around 1860, only five years Ooh. after uh, the hotel was opened. Harvey Parker, who, who opened the hotel, he was a restaurateur by trade. He had a restaurant very close by before he, before he initially acquired the mansion that became the Parker House and then later on developed. Uh, he hired a French chef named Anazon, uh, mm. from, who came from Marseille, who was paid at that time the unbelievable salary of $5,000 per year, Ooh. when most people might make lucky to make 500 And mm -hmm. so we, we attribute uh, Anazon to the creation of Boston Cream Pie, the Parker House Rolls, and also... Somewhere along that way, that time, the term scrod to describe the freshest white fish of the day that could be acquired was coined at the Parker House. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. Your hotel even has a place in holiday lore. Didn't Charles Dickens give the first public reading of A Christmas Carol while he was a guest at the Parker House? And didn't Henry Wadsworth Longfellow draft Paul Revere's ride when he was there. I guess they didn't have TV in those days. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Uh, but you are right. Charles Dickens was a guest uh, in room 
38 and 39. We still have the door to his <laughs> room on display in our gallery. He actually didn't do the reading inside the Parker House. He did it around the corner at the Tremont Temple, uh, which is still still there, still operating as a as a church facility. Uh, we have the we have the uh, uh, mantle from the fireplace that was in his room. Uh, and as a matter of fact, generally most Decembers we will reenact the reading at one of in one of our function rooms, probably the press room, by you know many many different people who mimic him. There's lots of interest in Charles Dickens even to this day. And uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was a member of the Saturday Club, uh, which met here at the Parker House starting in, in eight, nine, 1856, and these. These were authors and writers who would meet once a month uh, at the Parker House, and it included people like uh, uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Ralph Waldo Emerson, John Greenleaf Whittier, and even uh, the, the publication, The Atlantic Monthly, was a product of these meetings. So, yes, uh, it's most likely and quite possible that Longfellow drafted the ride at one of those sessions. Wow. Is the Saturday Club still there? No, uh, there is a form of the Saturday Club that still exists in the city of Boston. Uh, we have had groups that sort of fashion themselves after Saturday after the Saturday Club, but don't call themselves that. Who do? Who have met regularly in the hotel? Okay, we're talking with John Murtha, General Manager of Omni Parker House in Boston. John, if picking a hotel, I always consider location, 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 especially in a place I might reach by plane or train but don't feel like having a car. So how close is Omni Parker House to places like City Hall, Quincy Market, Boston Commons, and the New England Aquarium? So we're directly across the street from the old City Hall that was in business from 1865 until 1965. We are one block from the new City Hall that was opened in 1965. We are approximately a five-minute walk from Quincy Market and Faneuil Hall. And then mm. Boston Commons is less than five minutes away. And the New England Aquarium is perhaps a 10-minute walk to get yourself down uh, at the edge of the harbor. So, And yet we're one block away from the Old South Meeting House, not far to get to Paul Revere's house in the north end. We're kind of in the middle of it all. Wow. And we also need to know about the Freedom Trail, since your property sits right on it, right? That's correct. And if you look across School Street from our main entrance, you will see red bricks that are part of the Freedom Trail, and you can actually jump on it right there. It'll take you all the way over to Bunker Hill and Charlestown, Bunker Hill Monument in Charlestown. You can approach the USS Constitution also in Charlestown. And if you follow it to the left, it's going to take you right to Boston Common where it starts. Oh, cool. Are you near T-Stop so that guests can hop a train to Logan Airport or even to Fenway Park during baseball? Yeah, the two closest stops would be the State Street stop and the Government Center stop. And they're about a block away. And uh, from either stop, you can get on, you can get anywhere on the T you want. They all intersect with each other's lines. Uh, Fenway Park is on the Green Line, perhaps 10 to 15 minutes at the most. And you can and Logan Airport on the Blue Line is only three stops away. It's very yeah. very close. I didn't realize that. 
You're listening to Travel Edge Radio, now in our 11th season with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. Check us out on iTunes or blogtalkradio.com or visit the Travel Edge Radio Facebook page. And we're talking tonight with John Murtha, General Manager of Omni Parker House in Boston. Now, John, is it fair to say the Omni Parker House has a 19th century exterior but 21st century amenities? Uh, you were talking about the, the Wi-Fi and the large TVs, MP3 right. docking stations, laptop compatible, safe desks. Tell us more. Yeah, that's, that's all true. I would say that we, we do have a section of the hotel that was built in the 1890s, and that would be your 19th century extension. But the mm-hmm. theory of, the, of most of the property right now, as I said, was constructed between 1925 and 1927. So you'd still have to say 20th century, but almost 100 years old now. Uh, those, mm-hmm. uh, those exteriors are extremely well-maintained. Actually, the city of Boston requires that they be well-maintained. So, uh, again, that's another element of maintaining a historic hotel that you have to keep in mind. But, you know, when you get to your guest room, you're going to have great Wi-Fi. We have one access point in every room in the hotel. You're going to have a large panel TV on, uh, on the wall or on the console. Uh, we have, you know, great uh, typical safe desks in every room. It's, it's really very easy for a business traveler to conduct business in our hotel. And to that end, we really do appeal to everybody. About one-third of our business is typical leisure travelers. Mm-hmm. One-third is corporate business, and then the other third is groups of all stripes, from associations, corporate groups, you name it. Hmm. Now, Dan knows how much I love lobster rolls. Can hotel guests find lobster rolls on the menu at Parker's Restaurant? And do you yes. serve three meals a day, breakfast included, with the price of a stay? Well, we no, you, uh, breakfast is a la carte. Uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can purchase a breakfast add-on package if you choose to. We serve breakfast and lunch in Parker's Restaurant seven days a week, and then dinner is now served in the last hurrah uh, uh, right on the corner of school in Tremont, so you kind of see what's going on outside. And, yes, lobster rolls are available, and oh. we have Boston cream pie on the breakfast menu. There's no reason to wait for lunch. Oh, my goodness, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's super. Dan, did you hear that? Lobster rolls. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm thinking about COVID, too. And are some people still reluctant to stay in a hotel because of lingering COVID concerns? What do you respond if people seem to be a little bit uh, reticent? I haven't noticed it at all. Really? Within the last six or eight months. I think people are, most people I think are over it. I mean, I don't see anyone wearing a mask coming into the hotel anymore. Hmm. Uh, we continue to maintain the, the, the sanitation standards in our guest rooms that we uh, imposed uh, during, the, during COVID and after, after, you know, as we progress through COVID. All of that remains in place. But I, I haven't seen one issue. I haven't seen a comment from anyone regarding COVID um, all year long. I think people are done with it. I, I kind of hope so, uh, mm-hmm. but there you have it. That's good to know. Okay. We do hear there are a few surplus charges potential guests should know about. We're talking about a refundable breakage deposit of $75 a day and a $23 per night destination fee. Could you explain what those are? 
Yeah, so, so that the $75 per day is, is it's basically to provide coverage if people charge items in Last Hurrah, our bar and restaurant, or Parker's Restaurant, or have other charges. It's just to cover those costs. And if people don't have those charges, then that is absolutely refunded within a day or two of departure. We do charge $23, including tax for the destination charge, and that covers things like, you know, we, we provide lots of bottled water to guests. Uh, sometimes people want to roll away. That's included. Uh, local and long-distance, uh, domestic long-distance phone charges are included in that. We have some uh, computer terminals on the mezzanine, which are also covered by that charge. So it's just some miscellaneous expenses that we have that just roll up into that. And most people seem perfectly comfortable with that amount. Hmm. Okay, we're talking with John Murtha, General Manager of Omni Parker House in Boston. John, you also represent 15 Omnis that are already part of the Historic Hotels of America group. So please tell us what they are and where they are, and quickly, because we're running out of time. All right, I'll go down the list. Uh, we have hotels in San Francisco, Indianapolis, uh, the Royal Orleans in New Orleans, the Mount Washington Resort, and the Breton Arms Inn, which are part of the same resort facility up in New Hampshire, Omni Berkshire Place uh, in New York, Omni Bedford Springs in Pennsylvania, the William Penn in Pittsburgh, La Mansion del Rio in San Antonio, the Shoreham in D.C., Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina, the Homestead Resort in Virginia, which is actually probably the oldest of them all, La Costa, the resort in Carlsbad, California, and lastly, the King Edward Hotel, famous historic hotel in Toronto. Mm. Now, John, is there anything we haven't asked that you'd like to add? Uh, actually, you've been very, very thorough. Uh, I would just like to say that if, you know, if, if a traveler is really interested in history and they're coming to Boston, I don't know that they can make a miss by staying with us. I mean, we're in the middle of everything. We have a great staff. They're very friendly and eager to serve. And uh, you'll be able to experience a property that's been around pretty much longer than, at least been operating longer than anybody else in the United States. So tell listeners how they can learn more about the Omni Parker House, please. That would be easy. Just go to www.omnihotels.com. And you'll be able to choose our hotel from our list of properties. You'll find out everything you need to know right there on the website. Uh, very, very easy. Just go right there. And you'll even be able to find uh, a link to a brief history of the hotel that will give you a lot of background on our product. Sweet. I've got one question that does not appear in the notes. My question is, how does one guy handle a sweet 16 Sweet six group of hotels. They're all over the place. I represent the 15 hotels on the board of advisors of Historic Hotels of America, but I also do spend about half of my time up at the Mount Washington Resort. I do have accountability for that property, and uh, you know, it, I'm a skier. I'm from New England. Uh, it's it's pretty easy duty for me. <laughs> I'll bet. And we are fans of the Cogwheel Railway, and we've had the owner of that as a guest on this show. So yes. we are fans of Mount Washington yes. as well. We know them very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sue, Sue uh, can't think of her last name, Pe- uh, Cross, uh, Presby. Presby, yeah. Sue Presby, right? Okay. Yes. 
Yep. Okay. Okay, Mary Ellen, last question for you. I was just wondering, you, you were talking about um, the King Eddie. Uh, yeah. How does a hotel from Canada get into historic hotels of America? Well, there are some, uh, you know, Historic Hotels of America has an affiliation with Historic Hotels of the World, uh, and ah. most of those properties are in Europe, a lot in the U.K., uh, and so, uh, yes, there are some Canadian properties that are members, I mean, uh, and not just in the major cities, but out across, uh, uh, you know, into the west of Canada. So you don't have to, you know, it's North, think of it as North America, and it all works. <laughs> okay. And do you guys do better when the Red Sox are home? <laughs> we do better. We do. Yes, we do. Absolutely. And we do best when the Yankees are in town. Oh, oh yes. And you probably do best when the Red Sox are winning. <laughs> that would be that would be the case, which was not true this year. Aww. I know. Every other year, first place or last place, you never know. You never know. <laughs> okay, we've been talking tonight with Don Murtha. General Manager of Omni Parker House, a proud member of Historic Hotels of America. Thank you, John, for joining us on Travel Witch Radio. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And that's it for this edition of Travel Witch Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writers, same announcers. Just in time for Halloween, we'll find out from Larry Horowitz about the most haunted hotels that are also members of Historic Hotels of America. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg along with Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.